This is the Phantom Electric Ghost, and this episode is Peg, Trance It Up, Plur, Daisy, Pure Daisy. Now, this song is a song we wrote probably like two years ago. And um, uh, Josephine, we were getting into like trance, and Josephine Electric, my alter ego, um, who's the lead singer of Phantom Electric Ghost, uh, who we create using uh, a Roland vocoder. And at the time, we were using the JDXI soprano vocoder, but a vocoder in soprano mode to create her voice. And the whole story there, which we've talked about before, is I, I got a JDXI so I could introduce vocals uh, into my music. And I, for years, I had done music, expansive sound experiments on SoundCloud for years, from like 2008 onward, where I just had these expansive sound experience paintings with no vocals. But then when I purchased um, the JDXI, I bought it with the specific reason of uh, using the microphone to see if we could introduce vocals. I didn't like my male voice. Um, so I played with different settings and you know, I got the kind of Darth Vader uh, Formant voice. <clears throat> it was a little too crazy and the vocoder was too robotic, sound like Transformers. So then I, I, I was playing with the pitch and I found the soprano mode on the JDXI, it's actually a soprano mode. And when I found that mode and I had my headphones on, I heard Josephine's voice coming up. And I said, you know, that was a revelation. I could take that, that, that female voice, which sounded very sultry because I had this kind of bass voice. And then when I put it through the JDXI created this female that was pretty sexy. She kind of represents sex, and that's where the whole idea of her becoming like a plur daisy, that she was, you know, that this, she's this alluring dominatrix um, sex goddess is, is how we played her from the start. We had all kinds of songs where she got into all kinds of situations. And the thing is, you know, Josephine's a ghost. But Josephine's into rave culture. She's the lead singer of an electronic synthwave band, Van Like a Ghost. And, you know, while she's all wrapped up in leather and dealing with, you know, political electronic music like Something Wicked, but she also gets into funk and EDM and trance grooves. And this song is a pure trance groove. It's probably the biggest trance groove we ever did. Uh, we kind of put it on the shelf. We never really promoted it. And now that we're with Bentley Records, we can't, we've just sent it to be engineered and we really are digging it. We remastered it. And um, yeah, we're, we're, you know, it's going to get re-engineered by Bentley. And um, we're excited about it. We put a video up for it on YouTube and Instagram. We had some pretty good uh, reception on it. And, uh, you know, it's just weird. Sometimes we go back and we find something. You know, in the last year, we found a couple of songs that were keepers. They're going to end up being on Dark Ghost Violets, something like, uh, you know, when Miss Electric comes to town or you know, she's got the Naz or Dark in the Night in which we bleed. These are older songs. Even the Interconnected Biology of All Living Things, that's an older family like the Ghost song. It's like when we did um, the album with All Control K to Infinitum, uh, Rock Noodle um, Do or two, uh, is a very old fan of Electric Ghost song. It's one of the original sound paintings that we just did on a Juno. 
and we used the Juno GI's um, multi-track recording capability to build that song. That song was totally built inside of a Juno GI. And then it was brought down to a, a, a Zoom R16 digital recorder, but it was primarily recorded within the capabilities of the Juno. We originally bought the GI, so we didn't have a recording solution. And we used to just use the Roland GI uh, to record albums. And we recorded something wicked, Indigo Medicine, Synesthesia, totally um, using the, the Juno. And then we brought it into the R16, and then we mastered it on Lando. But, um, yeah, that is what we used to do. Um, and we used to go through TuneCore, but now we're actually going through Bentley Records, and we've put out, like, an EP through Mojo Heads. Um, we still have some personal demons to portray, which is doing very well. It's probably the strongest single we've had in a while. So we have some singles that we put out on Landar and SoundCloud that have hit, you know, thousands of hits um, previously. But that song from uh, Mojo Heads, um, the, you still have some personal demons to portray, is, is, is actually very performing very well this year. Though I would say that on SoundCloud, uh, it's interesting that um, the song um, that has performed the best Yeah, so this is uh, continuing. Sometimes uh, we have a segment that kind of stops abruptly. So we were talking about one of the songs that performed, performed uh, pretty good this year. Uh, and on SoundCloud, one of the best performing songs we've had uh, is, is interesting is um, Analog is New Punk, which has had over 849 plays. It's interesting when we put it out on Bentley, we haven't hit that many plays, at least on Spotify. When we initially put it out there on uh, SoundCloud, it's almost got a thousand plays, which is really interesting. You never know. You know, when people have something, you know, uh, it's weird. The algorithms on the different platforms, you don't know what causes people to look at things or not. But on SoundCloud, that is a very high performance song. It's one of our highest performance songs in the last couple of years. And then we put it out, and it's not performing as well as it did on SoundCloud, but you never know why. But then Pure Daisy, Pure Daisy is 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 a real sonic um, experience. The whole idea of expansive sound is that we do hardware synth recording, um, and we do it with um, without a DAW. And we use uh, kind of an old school technique of originally when we started recording back in the day, we had a Roland D5 and a Korg uh, sequencer, uh, and then we used the Tascam four track recorder. They take the results of the sequenced sounds. And what was cool is the D5 was a, like a dumbed down version of the D50. And it had linear synthesis. It had this really nice sound. It wasn't as powerful as the D50, but it had some of those D50 sounds. And it had a really multi-trimble capability that when you linked it to a sequencer, you could get it to do a lot of songs. So back in the day, and this is back when I was going to school at Bowdoin College, in 1987, I had this D5, and then I got a Tascam 4-tracker, and then I got this Korg uh, sequencer that used these little mini-discs, and I used to use that sequencer to, to build songs, and I built soundscapes, I used to perform at the Bowdoin College um, uh, pub, and I would do songs, and people said I sounded kind of like uh, Tangerine Dream, 
And, you know, I, that's, I was kind of shooting for that. That's what I was always trying to do. Um, and I've always been inspired by, you know, a lot of different things. I was talking to somebody I'm going to interview pretty soon this, this next week. And, uh, you know, my reference points are all over the map, from Bowie to Huskadu to Mingus to Sun Ra to Prince to Hendrix to Dwayne Allman, Johnny Cash. So that shows you I'm kind of all over the map. I mean, I like Ben Folds. I like Billy Joel. Like Elton John, but then I like Joy Division. I like Flock of Seagulls. I like The Replacements. You know, I like The Velvet Underground. I love Alec Chilton and Big Star. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. And when it comes to like synthesizer music, I like the Peter Gabriel Genesis and Yes, um, probably like Fragile and um, Close to the Edge. I think Close to the Edge is probably my favorite progressive album of all time and then maybe the lamb lies down on broadway from genesis um i i love that album um i'm actually probably a bigger fan of the peter gabriel genesis than emerson lake and potter is because some of those ideas that peter gabriel had seem more coherent and i mean emerson lake and potter is a great band um you know but but i just like the way that, that tony banks and uh and peter gabriel and, and the whole crew actually really f fleshed together. And, and they did this really interesting progressive rock. It wasn't super popular, um, but it's actually very interesting. If you listen to like Watcher in Disguise, or you listen to Selling in England by the Pound, or um, there's a lot of interesting songs. And that's where I kind of come to, where in the modern world, everybody's going into Dawes and, and trying to create EDM with the drop and they've like kind of lost the idea of progressive electronic music. When Moog actually built these modes, we have a Mother 32 and we have a DFAM and we have a Arcturia Mini Brew 2S and we have a System 1M. So we've got like, uh, you know, analog behavioral modeling plus true analog sense and digital sense like the Juno and the JDXI. But the whole idea of using analog sense is they kind of give you something different every time you approach them. And, and you can take that variability or unexpected sonic capability and, and, and create new material. We, we tend to write when we're back at home base, we could probably write five songs a day. We, you know, sometimes we write five songs, at least five songs a week. Uh, now that we're doing this day gig, we're in Maine, away from our New Hampshire location, uh, last week we only produced two songs, but if you look at a lot of bands, you know they have a hard time producing one song in in like two months. Um, so not to come down on people, but I I just am a very uh, musical person and I write a lot. And uh, if you check the quality of the stuff I write, it's it's pretty good for the amount of stuff I write, uh, and it's varied. You know I don't always repeat myself. Sometimes I go back, like this song goes back like two years. And I go back and look at something and they kind of get fresh eyes on it. Or, you know, but a lot of times I'll do a lot of heavy experimentation because of my analog sense. I can do tape loops. <coughs> I can do sampling. I've got a teenage engineering OPZ, which is amazing. We did one song with the sampler. We haven't really heavily tried it. We've got to look at the Cuckoo uh, video. We saw a video, <coughs> I'm sorry, on how to use it but we haven't really dived into it. You do have to seem like you really have to use your iPhone 
with it and I haven't had the time to really sit down and fully digest how to actually do the workflow on it. But I got some cool ideas and I love this. You know, one of the other things I want to do with the OPZ is get the CV module so I can actually have it drive my mode. Because the sequencer on the OPZ is very is, is incredible. I love it. It's a really intuitive sequencer. It's very easy to build songs. We built two albums on that OPZ. The Flower Blooms at Midnight in the Tomb and Retro Symphony Number no. 8. And um, we were able to build those songs. And a bunch of Violet songs actually have the base of them are OP, OPZ tracks. The OPZ is very easy to build drums and kicks and bass lines. And it's really cool how it actually records everything uh, into these separate tracks. The only thing I would be... I would, I would really like it to do is be able to produce a wave file, you know, and produce tracked files that you can actually output, which I'm not sure if the USB version of it, now that it has USB MIDI, if they've, if they've created the capability to do that. Um, I, I would like to see them update it. And I would actually like to see them take the OPZ and make a bigger version. I know the whole appeal of it is that it's small, but its workflow is very interesting. And if it could actually generate uh, files like a Zoom R24 or R16 uh, that were separated, it would be a very powerful machine. I would probably prefer it in some ways to an Akai just because I like hardware sense and I like the idea of, of having a keyboard on something and actually really being able to do it. So an OPZ can have MIDI keyboards and you can do a lot of cool things with it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's been a big thing because I've been looking at like the Akai Force and you know, the fact that I'm on the road it is a good solution if you're sitting in a hotel room and you want to put things together. However, I really love my analog sense, and I would probably prefer to do, like, um, <clears throat> what I might do is get, like, a Micro Freak, uh, get get, a, get an Arturia um, little um, keyboard solution, the key step, and then um, maybe go get uh, a collection of the... Um, Roland Boutique modules, like the the fully analog SEO2, the fully digital DO5, which is a replication of the D50. So we we're really looking at the boutique with our first module we really look at, which is like a D5, DO5, because the D505 has got really good reviews. It's a real, it's actually better than the D50 in, in some ways, and it has every single um patch it was ever built for it, and it's actually very small and it's it replicates the sound almost perfectly so we'd probably get the bigger um key step not the small one but the bigger one the one that costs like 200 dollars get that key step and then have a deal five probably have our have our uh, task our, our zoom r24 and then maybe get the boutique uh, seo2 for analog sound and then um get the actual drum machine module for the drums. And we look at the SH-101A and it's it, there, there's a good reason to get that too, but um, if we're gonna be recording, we'd wanna, you know, the LPZ gives us a good drum machine, we could use that, but we would like to try, and we, we what we heard is the, um, the Boutique um, 808 actually could do a USB MIDI where the, um, the one from, um, Behringer doesn't have a USB MIDI. And sometimes this is where the argument of, oh, we want the full-size one. Well, you know what? The, um, the boutique version of, of the 808, if you're w working in a hotel 
in a small apartment. The the Roland um, module suddenly made me sense to being small. Because all you had to do is go get yourself a key step, you know, even the small one, and then use that as your main controller. And, you know, our Zoom R24 is what we use instead of a DAW. And then we'll have the OPZ. And we have a little Yamaha mixer, but we, we, we you know, probably bring our Yamaha mixer with a little converter to bring in the smaller lines. Uh, we do appreciate the MX-1. We probably will bring the MX-1 because all those things have uh, USB audio. So we'll bring our MX-1 mixer because we always like to use it as well. So we've got this whole idea of what we're going to do on the road. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Just check out this song and check out um, The Ghost. We'll be putting this out probably on Bentley shortly. We are working on Dark Ghost Violets as our release of a full album for Bentley. We've been putting out singles since June. And we're going to continue to put the singles out, but we're working toward the full album for Bentley, which will be our Dark Ghost album. We decided we're actually going to put call it Dark Ghost Violets. So we'll talk to you later.
Thank you.